morning, church. Welcome to worship again this morning. Um, I invite us uh, to take this. I can wave. Okay, that's good. Anybody else want to wave at me? That's good. All right. Ooh, I love that. Come on, everybody wave at me. Woo, all right. Oh, yeah, you better wave at me back here. Um, it is great to be in the house of the Lord. It is great to gather together as a people of God, uh, to come together in this moment and this time um, to settle ourselves, um, to allow the distractions of life to be set aside so that we can focus on God and on God's presence in our midst. Whether we are gathered here or whether we are gathered at home, God is with us seeking to get our attention, seeking to speak to us so that we might experience His presence afresh and anew on this day, so that we might go forth living our lives in a new and different way that truly makes a difference in the lives of other people. And so I'm going to invite the folks who are here to stand. If you are at home, I should have told you to begin with, I hope you have a candle of some sort. We're going to encourage you, if you're worshiping from home each week, to have a candle in your midst. This is uh, uh, an idea that Kobe had, but it is also something that, I, uh, that when I go on retreat, that is a part of our retreat, uh, that we have a candle in our midst, and we light that candle to remind us, wherever we are, Christ is in our presence. And so let us, as, uh, as we bring the light forward to light the candles here, you do the same thing at home, and we will be reminded Christ is here with us now. Thank you. good to me 
when I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God Yeah you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me Now comes a time in our worship where I think it's, it's a good time for us uh, to pause and to reflect. We're going to do a couple of things in our prayer time this morning. Um, first of all, we have these beautiful prayer shawls that um, the, uh, the shawl ministry has done. And uh, these are used to give to people um, who might be recovering from sickness or illness or um, just need an uplift. And um, hopefully the way this works is that... Um, when we give these to folks and they put them over themselves, they are reminded of God's presence. They are reminded of the love of God that covers them like these prayer shawls. And so we just want to offer a blessing over these, um, that these, uh, these shawls which have been knitted with a love and prayer might also be given and have an impact on those who, um, who receive them. 
And then the other thing, um, uh, I just, there's numerous folks, and Kobe, you may have to help me. I did not write a list, and I should have, of folks in the congregation that I want to make sure that we remember. Um, Mary Ellen Jensen is still in the hospital recovering. Um, of course, uh, Richard Berry is uh, still at home. We celebrate the fact that he's at home now, um, recovering. Um, of course, uh, Don's dad, Don Gebauer's dad, is still um, also recovering and in the hospital. Um, help me, am I, am I forgetting some folks? I'm sure I'm forgetting folks. Um, I, I trust the Spirit knows uh, folks, and there may be other folks whom you know on your heart. Um, and just prayers for our community as uh, we continue to see um, the, the COVID uh, spreading again and, and prayers for uh, the administrators of the school as they uh, discern uh, the best way um, to um, educate and prepare uh, the children of our community. We want to keep them in our prayers also. Um, and so uh, those are things that we'll uplift today, lift up today, and then... Um, at the end, I'm going to invite us all to join in the Lord's Prayer. Um, and I don't know if we'll have that on the screen or not, um, but um, I'll invite you both at home and here to join in that prayer. And so I just invite you uh, to be in an attitude of uh, prayer this day. Gracious God, Indeed, we would just ask that uh, you would pour out your Spirit upon these shahs that are before us this day. Uh, we know, Lord, that they have been created uh, by loving hands and in a prayerful attitude in hopes that um, these small tokens might bring a sense of your presence and your healing to those who receive them. And we would just ask that by your Holy Spirit, that indeed in some way these small gifts, when they um, are touched and given to folks who uh, find themselves either recovering from sickness or uh, just in need of some encouragement, um, that as they um, use these shawls, they will be reminded of your love for them and that they will be ever aware of that love. As we gather, we also pray, Lord, that you would be with uh, those who we have mentioned um, that um, are recovering from sickness or illness, who are, are struggling um, because of life situations. Uh, we would just pray that you would make your presence um, ever so uh, revealing to them, that they would know without a doubt that you are beside them and that you are with them. We pray that your healing hand would be upon them to uh, touch them, to guide them, and to lead them. We pray, Lord, for our community, um, especially for um, our uh, school administrators as um, in this ever-changing, ever-confusing uh, pandemic, uh, they seek to do what is in the best interest of our community and of the children of our community. Give them wisdom. Give them an ability to see things differently and to think outside the box. And, and most of all, just give them uh, wisdom. Um, and then, Lord, just give them a sense of your presence, that whatever decisions that they make, that you will be there continuing to lead, to guide, to shape. 
But we, um, we also pray, Lord, for our church and our church community. Be with our uh, servant leadership team as they gather on Tuesday night to, um, to talk about the futures and decisions of the church and um, simply to uh, be sure that we are still on track and paying attention to your spirit and to your guidance and to the places you would have us to go and to serve. And, and so we just ask that you would be in the midst of that meeting. Uh, we also come to you, Lord, not just to lift up concerns and things that bother us, but we also come to give joy and praise for the places where we have seen you work, for um, all the people within our congregation who um, continue to make cards and, and crafts and things like that to the village, for the opportunity to um, parade around the village um, and, and by simply waving and speaking and saying hello uh, to see how your presence fills up those moments and gives folks a sense of encouragement um, and a knowledge of your love. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in the midst of our congregation as you continue to lead us and shape us and point us in the directions that you would have us to go. And we, um, we just ask that you would indeed pour out your Holy Spirit upon us afresh and anew. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we may experience you in new and powerful ways so that we cannot help but share what we have seen and heard and what we have experienced, that we cannot help to give witness uh, to the fact that Jesus is alive and well and at work in our world this day. And so it is that we join our voices together as we offer up the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue in our worship as the band leads us in praise. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, I believe that you are my fortress, you are my portion, you are my hiding place, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life, I believe you are the way, the truth. The life I believe through every blessing, through every promise, through every breath I take. I believe that you are provider, you are protector, you are the one I love. I believe you are the way the truth, 
set on you. Then you meet me here today with mercies that are new. And all my fears and doubts, they can all come to. Because they can't stay long when I'm here with you. It's a new horizon and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. All my fears and doubts, they can all come true. Because they can't stay long when I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe you are the way. The truth, the life, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. as we gather here this morning, we open ourselves up to you. We open ourselves up to your moving, to your direction. We open up our brokenness that we may find healing. We open up our hurt that we may find joy and peace. Lord Jesus, we open up our guilt and our shame that we may find forgiveness. We open up our lives that we may find purpose, we open up our hearts that we may find you pointing the way in your truth. Amen. It's a new horizon and I'm set on you and you meet me here today with mercies that are new all my fears and doubts, they can all come true Because they can't stay long when I believe you are The way, the truth, the life I believe you are the way, the truth, the life The truth, the life, I believe you are. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, we're going to continue in the, uh, in the book of Acts today. If you have been uh, uh, following either online or here in uh, person, um, we... Uh, we're through the first couple of uh, uh, chapters uh, uh, of Acts, and if we have been listening and paying attention, 
we are well aware that uh, Acts begins with um, this uh, seeking to get the attention of the people of God. In fact, uh, these first uh, seven, um, eight, nine chapters of Acts really are about these, uh, these disciples who were uh, Jewish, who were who part of the people of God, who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. It is really about them speaking to the people of God and challenging them to change their ways, challenging uh, them uh, to uh, be a part of Jesus' mission, reminding, and they are, these disciples are reminded that they have been left behind by Jesus to continue participating in his mission, in this new thing that God is doing in the world, this restoration of the creation, uh, this uh, gathering together of God's people so that they might truly be the people that God intended them to be. Uh, to once again have the breath of the Spirit breathed into them so that they might be fully alive, not just physically, but spiritually also. And um, at the end of... um, Actually, we're going to look at chapters 3 and 4 today. And these chapters are bracketed by two summary statements uh, about what was going on in the early church. Uh, Summary statements that I think that we're familiar with. But in Acts chapter 2, at the end of Acts chapter 2, we're told uh, that these, uh, these followers of Jesus began to devote themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to the community, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers of the people. And in, in verse 46, um, it continues by telling us, Every day they met in the temple, they ate in their homes, they shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God And they demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. And the Lord added daily to the community of those who were being saved. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this word saved and salvation a little bit uh, uh, later. But we we see this, um, this summary statement of what was going on in the early church. And then we immediately go into Acts chapter 3 and 4, which in reality are a small picture of this summary and what was going on. We're told that Peter and John, uh, they were going to the temple. Um, There's still Jewish folks who go to the temple um, that observe the hours of prayer. And so they're going to the temple at three o'clock, which is one of the hours of prayer uh, to offer up prayer to God. And we're told at the same time that there is this lame man um, who is being brought and placed at the gate to the temple because, see, because of his condition, he was not allowed to go in the temple. And so apparently he sat outside the temple um, at this time, at the time of prayer, because this is when uh, many of the Jewish folks were going to offer prayer. So it was a prime time to, to, to sit there and to gather alms so that he might have something to live upon. And uh, so we are told that as Peter and John approach, he sees them. And he cries out for them, asking them uh, to help him. And in verse 4, this is what we read. Uh, This is what we hear. Peter and John, they stared at him. Peter said, look at us. And so the man gazed at them, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I don't have any money, but I will give you what I do have. 
In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then he grasped the man's right hand. He raised him up. At once his feet and his ankles became strong. Jumping up, he began to walk around. He entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. What a, what a beautiful picture of what happens when the people of God are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they allow Jesus to, to work in and through them. As we hear this passage, um, you know, I, it's important for us to uh, hear and see that part of what we're hearing in this passage is this vision of Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 36, the same thing that Jesus speaks of in Luke chapter 4 about the Spirit being upon him and that the lame walk and the and and the uh, mute speak. Um, it is this example of God at work healing people. Now, the other thing I find interesting in this passage is that Peter and John say, um, we, we don't have any money to offer you, but we will offer to you what we do have. And I am reminded that we can't offer, as the people of God, as the church today, we can't offer people the healing touch of the Spirit. We can't offer uh, people the witness of Christ if we ourselves have not already received that. They could only give of this gift that they had because they had taken the time uh, to seek out and to allow the Spirit to permeate uh, the very depths of their being. They could only give this because they knew and were in touch with the Holy Spirit and they knew who Jesus was. And so... Um, it is important for us to hear and to see this day. Uh, now, we are told after this in this story that the, uh, the people, they are amazed. Uh, they, they, they see this sign. They, they realize that this man who had been lame from birth can now walk and he's leaping and, and joyous and, and praising God. They know that something um, miraculous has happened. And we will see in uh, the book of Acts, we'll see this repeated um, pattern where there's a mirac miraculous uh, event. There's some kind of explanation of what it means. Um, and, and people will respond and then the disciples will respond um, in kind. But here we see that the people know that something has happened and we're told they, they gather around Peter and John. Um, and it's only then that Peter um, and John stop and Peter um, decides that there needs to be some kind of explanation because apparently the, Peter, the, the people think that they are some kind of miracle workers or maybe they think that they're some kind of Messiah and Peter um, needs to stop and make sure they understand that what has happened is not because of them, but it is because of the power of the Spirit that they have. It, it has happened, in fact, because of Jesus. It has happened because of Jesus. 
And so he, he explains and he says that God, through Jesus, has brought about this healing. That's what he says in verses 12 through 16, that God, through Jesus, has brought about this healing. And he goes on to say, yes, the same Jesus, the same Jesus that you rejected in favor of a murderer. Remember in Luke, uh, the passage where um, Pilate is ready to release Jesus, and the people say, no, crucify him, and instead give us Barabbas, the one who is the rebel and the murderer. Peter says, yes, the one that you killed, but God raised up. This Jesus is the very giver of life. This Jesus is the source of healing and wholeness. But there's an important thing to notice as Peter is doing this sermon and, and this um, message. Um, Peter's goal is not to condemn the people. It's not to say, you are the murderers. Uh, but his purpose is to offer them a second chance. Hi there. Good to see you. Thank you, Cora. I needed that. Um, the spirit uh, th that they are, are um, again, not condemning the people, but they are saying you're getting another chance. You're getting this one that you have rejected. Um, this is the very God and the very Messiah. And so in verses 17 to 16, just as we uh, saw in chapter 2 at Pentecost, Peter encourages people to repent, that is to change their hearts and their lives, to turn toward God. This is an opportunity uh, to turn toward God and to reorient our lives in line with Him. And he goes on again uh, to, to, um, to say, you know, you were ignorant, um, in essence, we didn't understand. Even the disciples didn't fully understand about Jesus until he was crucified and he was risen. And so Peter is just trying to say, uh, so that can be forgiven, but pay attention now because there are no longer any excuses. Because this one who was crucified is now alive and raised. Um, in fact, he is the one that Moses foretold of, the one, uh, uh, the prophet that Moses said would come, and, and the one that the people should listen to and obey. In fact, he is the one that all of the prophets have spoken about, the Messiah, the one who comes to call the people of God. And it's interesting, in chapter 2, Peter appeals to uh, David and the fact that uh, Jesus is now at the right hand of God and is the king. Here, Peter appeals to Abraham. He appeals to the covenant. He appeals to the people saying, this is the one that the prophets spoke about. The one who will help us renew our covenant with God. The one that will help us renew our covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The one who promised to Abraham that he would be blessed so that all the peoples of the earth might be blessed through you. So in other words, he's reminding the, the people of God that God has always called them not for privilege, but God has called them for responsibility, that God blesses them so that they might bless other people. 
And so as we follow this story in chapter 4, um, we, we learn that, there are, that, that some of the people who hear this message, they believe, and 5,000 people are added to the community of believers. But we are also told, if, we, if we're looking at chapter 4, we are also told uh, that the religious leaders, um, we are told that the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and the Sadducees, they come to confront Peter and John. They don't like what Peter and John are teaching in the temple. And so they arrest them and imprison them. And the next day they bring them before them and they begin to question them. And really the question they want to know is they want to know, by what authority, by what authority are you doing these things? And I love Peter's response found in chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, over and over again in Acts, we're going to see how the apostles um, respond in the power and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Peter says, leaders of the people and elders, are we being examined today because something good was done for a sick person? A good deed that healed him? If so, then you... And all the people of Israel need to know that this man stands healthy before you because of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus, this stone that you all rejected, he has become the cornerstone the cornerstone of faith and of the people of God. Salvation can be found in no one else throughout the whole world. No other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved. Again, Peter is confronting the people of God, reminding them that they have rejected the Messiah and they have another chance to receive and to follow the Messiah. And he says the Messiah is the author and the bringer of salvation. And now it's important for us to think so often when we think about salvation and we think about being saved, we think about what happens to us after we die, don't we? Often we, we talk about it's important to get saved so that you can go to heaven when you die as if uh, being saved is about getting some kind of ticket that ensures uh, that we won't burn in hell and instead we'll live in paradise. But if we pay attention to the Gospels and to the book of Acts, that's not a vision of salvation. This word uh, saved is the same word that's used to talk about the healing of the lame man. You see, salvation is not just about something that happens to us in the future. It's not just about a ticket that we get. It's about a forgiveness of sins. It's about a forgiveness of missing the mark that we receive here and now. It is about um, the defeating of evil. In other words, it's about breaking the bondage that we have because we are held in the power uh, to the power of sin, that we're held in the power of our past and of our culture and of the muck that covers up the image of God. Salvation is about removing that and freeing us so that we might truly be the masterpiece God created us to be. Salvation is about a current restoration of people, a restoration in their relationship 
fellowship with Christ, a restoration of the image of Christ within them. It is about making people whole. It is about gathering a people who have experienced the presence of Christ, who have experienced changed lives, who have had their own lives impacted by Jesus. That's what salvation means. Now the Sanhedrin, they are, they are really confused by this. And so they send Peter and John out and they have this discussion among themselves. What in the world are we going to do? They really want to shut these guys up. I mean, really, they want them to be quiet. They don't want them to talk about, about Jesus. They don't want to talk about uh, Jesus coming to heal and make people whole. They don't want to uh, talk about uh, this idea of what it means to be the people of God. But they've got a problem. There's this lame man who was born lame who can now walk. Um, it's kind of hard to condemn that, isn't it? And so they fear the people, and so the best they can do is they call them back in and they say, y'all stop it now. Don't be talking about Jesus no more. Isn't that what they do? And I love what Peter says in chapter, or in verse 19. Peter says, ah, well, you know, you can determine whether it's right before God to obey you or... Um, rather than God. But for us, we can't stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And it says they threatened them further, they released them. Um, everyone was praising God for what had happened because uh, the man had, this man who had experienced this sign of healing was, was over 40 years old. In other words, he had been lame. But I, I love this. As for us, we can't stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. In other words, even if we attempted to be quiet, we couldn't because we have experienced the Spirit ourselves. We have experienced this healing touch. We have experienced this transforming presence of Jesus, which has totally shaped us. That's what the disciples are saying. Remember, Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times, and yet we see him boldly standing in the face of opposition saying, I can't help but continue to speak about Jesus, and I will continue to speak about Jesus because what I have seen and what I have experienced and what I have heard. I cannot help but wonder if the problem in the church today is that the people of God either have not seen or experienced or we have just stopped taking the time to acknowledge what we have seen and where we have seen God. Churches that are dying are dying because the people of God stop calling on the Holy Spirit, stop asking for the Spirit to work within their lives to continue to shape them and form them and allow them to have fresh experiences of God's transforming power in their lives. And they no longer have anything to share with other people. Because they're not even sure God is working in their lives. 
But when the people of God gather together and they call upon the Spirit and they open up their hearts and they, and they uh, long for the Spirit to come in and to continue to shape us and to form us, we cannot help but share what God is doing in and within us. And that's what was happening in the early church. They were so open to the, uh, the power and the presence of this transforming uh, spirit that they saw the work of God and the grace of God, and they could not help but share it. And, and we're told after this is all over that Peter and John, they return to the uh, community of faith, and they gather in prayer. And I find this so very interesting. I, I'm going to encourage you to read the prayer in uh, verses 23 through um, 31, I think it is. Uh, they go and they have this prayer, and it's interesting. It is not a prayer, God, protect us from our enemies. It is not a prayer that says, God, deliver us from these terrible circumstances that we do not like. It is a prayer for boldness in their current situation. They pray for the Spirit to embolden their witness that regardless of the circumstances, uh, that they will never fail to share what God is doing in their midst. And in verse 31, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were gathered, it was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking God's Word with confidence and boldness. And then we have another one of these summary statements that says, and they gathered in community together, uh, sharing um, all that they had. There was nobody in need. They were the hands and the feet of Jesus in essence. What a powerful story for us to hear today. To see uh, what a, a Spirit-filled church looks like, to see the new things that God can do, the revival that God can bring amidst His people. And I find it interesting. You know, often when we seek revival in the church today, we think of revival beginning with uh, around morality, don't we? We often think that the beginning of revival is just for people to be more moral, either for the church to be more moral and to cast out immoral people, or for the church to challenge the world to be more moral. We think that the key to revival surrounds morality, and yet if we look at Scripture, if we look at the Jesus movement and we look at the movement of the early church, I don't see anything here about morality. Revival begins when the people of God um, receive the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit, they go to share the Spirit. They go uh, to share God's love so that other people are healed and made whole so that they experience the presence of Jesus Christ. One of my mentors from afar, as I call him, because um, I only got to meet with him once in person, but I've read a lot of his books and his podcasts. Uh, Michael Slaughter, um, retired pastor from Ginghamsburg, used to say uh, that people aren't going to hear the message until they see the message of Jesus. And that's what we see here in this passage. Peter and John 
offer the touch of Jesus that brings a healing and a wholeness. And then they explain what is going on. They explain that God is at work in our world. Desiring to heal people and to make them whole. Desiring to unite people in community with one another and with Christ. So that we truly might make a difference. You see, a Spirit-filled community of people is a community in which others are being healed, in which lives are being changed. And it is a community in which as these lives are changed, as people are transformed, they share how God is working in their lives with each other, and they share that same touch with those outside the community. And when they do that, God is praised. And people daily are added to the community of faith. I don't know about you all, but I long for such communities across our land and across the world. Faithful followers of Jesus that constantly seek out the presence and the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community of faith, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, so that they might be the hands and feet of Jesus, and so that others might connect with God, grow in their faith, and they themselves, empowered by the Spirit, go, go to change the lives of others. May it be so in our lives this day and every day. Amen. Gracious God, come, send your Holy Spirit upon us this day. Indeed, Lord, help us to simply yearn for that Spirit. Open up our hearts so that we might experience transformation. So that we might be emboldened to share what you are doing in our lives. So that others will be encouraged to seek you and to pay attention and to be aware of your loving presence that surrounds them. In Christ's name, amen. Now, you all are invited um, at this time. Uh, for those here, you'll be invited. If you, um, your tithes and your offerings, you can put in the offering plate as you leave. Um, at home, you're invited to uh, write a check or um, to continue supporting the ministries of the church. But one thing I want to highlight before we sing this last song, um, does the number 1,436 mean anything to anybody? Oh, who, who said that? All right. And does the number six, uh, she said peanut butter and jelly. Does the number 605 mean anything? Huh? That's how much peanut butter and jelly the Methodist church gathered. So 1,436 pounds of jelly is what uh, churches and organizations throughout the community gathered for the food pantry, and for that we celebrate. Um, and your slightly competitive pastor, um, what are you laughing about? 
you don't like slightly, you have a problem with. Slightly, slightly he has a problem with. Competitive, he doesn't. Um, you all raised 600 or brought in 605 pounds. And so I don't, do we get a, like a big statue of PB&J or something? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you're here to remind me of that. We don't allow idols in the church. Oh, okay. Thank you. We just get to celebrate that um, uh, through this uh, friendly competition, uh, the food pantry and folks in our community are blessed with peanut butter and jelly. Is that better? Okay. Thank you. Kobe's my conscience. Um, so, so your graciousness and continued generosity is appreciated. And it does make a difference in the lives of other people. Do not forget that. Let us join our voices together um, as, we, um, as we're led in singing, Build Your Kingdom Here. Thanks, Kobe. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first we hunger and we thirst we refuse to waste our lives for your our joy and prize to see the captive hearts release the hurt the sick the poor at peace we lay down our lives for heaven's cause we are your church we pray revive this earth build your kingdom here let the darkness fear show your mighty hand heal our streets and land set your church on fire when this nation back kingdom's power reaching the near and far no force of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts for you made us for much more than this awake the kingdom seed in us fill us with the strength and love of Thank you. 
Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set Amen. All God's people said, amen. Indeed, I hope that we can capture the spirit of the book of Acts. Once again, may the people of God be on fire with the spirit of God. May we allow the spirit to revive us and to fill us with the wholeness of Christ so that we cannot help but share and speak about what we have heard and what we have seen. And when the people of God do that, the world will truly be transformed. And God's kingdom will be visible once again, here and now. You are invited to go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that you may be filled with that spirit, that you may share the love of Christ with others so that with Jesus, we might build that kingdom that we pray for every week. Thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. May it be so in our lives and in our community and world this day. be filled with song. May the love of God continue to give you hope and keep you strong. And may you learn and not be weary. May your life be filled with joy. And may the road you travel on 